and you're listening to The Rob V Show on RobVRadio.com. Remember our date. Episode 380 of The Rob V Show. Of course, as always, wouldn't be Rob V Show that wasn't an issue. I realized when I went to stream live, the server was down, so I had to go reset the server. But we are live on RobVRadio.com, live on the TuneIn app, live on YouTube. You can get us live on Facebook. Phone lines are open, 215-716-1108 if you want to get a hold of me. Email me, robvradio at gmail.com. Instagram, The Rob V Show. Twitter, Valivas82. Uh, and Skype, The Rob, uh, Rob, v, Rob Valivas Show if you want to get a hold of me there. On the show today should be uh, a fun show, should be an interesting show. Um, Josh Ennis, former WIP host, is going to be on the program thanks to our great friend Hollis Thomas. So... Josh will be on. A lot of things I want to talk to Josh about. Uh, and if you listen to any, if you follow any of my posts, or you listen to the show for however many years, you know there's a, a lot I want to get to with Josh. Um, we'll bring about how bring up how he if he remembers meeting me uh, a couple of years back. We'll talk about that. Uh, all the different hosts, uh, this, the the um, the state of Philadelphia radio. Definitely want to talk about that with him. You know what program directors are really like, and uh, why does every morning show sound the same? We are in day 1,820 of our lockdown here in the state of Pennsylvania, of our communist uh, governor. I really want to call him a dictator, but that's where we're at. Um, I'm going insane. My grandparents, I feel for them, they're in lockdown. It's like they're in prison because they're in an assisted living facility, so I can't even go see them. Still still barred uh, from Assistant Chief Zach Felivas' house. Can't even go see Reese. Haven't seen Reese for two months almost, so I'm, I'm barred from going over there. Barred from a lot of my friends' uh, homes and whatnot. Uh, the only sanctuary I have, really, is the Rob V Show. Right here, right on RobVRadio.com. So thank God I have this, or I'd, I'd be going absolutely insane. What have I been up to? Not much, really. Uh, video games. Waiting for the new... Uh, well, it was the Golf Club 2019, but now it's uh, Golf Club 2K21, I think. It's supposed to, some sort of announcement supposed to come out tomorrow. Maybe midnight tonight. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, wrestling. Oh, well, we'll get into wrestling later. But I've been watching a little wrestling. Uh, uh, really back into the uh, Real Housewives of New York. Uh, been watching that a lot. Of course, Ari would say, you just watch crap TV. But I enjoy it. I like the so-called crap TV. You know, a lot, a lot of people don't like it, but that's that's what I'm into. That's what I like. Uh, uh, oh, by the way, you can you can see on Valiva's vision now my hair. Look how long this is. This looks. Look at this. Look at this. This looks like shit. 
even though every person from my mother to my father to my friends go, we love your hair long. That's great. I hate my hair long. Okay, as I look into the camera, I hate my hair long. Even though this isn't long for most people, people that know me know that this is long. This is really long, and I don't like it. Oh, by the way, I always forget to say this. Rate and review the podcast. Uh, comment on YouTube. Uh, download it, stream it, uh, it helps out a lot. Last week, thought we were going to break our record. We did not, but we had a, a good turnout, over 3,500 downloads or streams, so I was very happy with that, very proud of that. Hopefully we can build on that uh, tonight, but rate and review it, all that fun stuff. Uh, Josh will be coming on soon because i got to call him up on the old, uh, what's this called here? Yeah, Skype, yes, got to call him on Skype, so I'll get him up in a second. Uh, like I said, i got notes, got my notes here. You can't see, oh yeah, you can. Uh, lots of things I want to get to with Josh. Uh, still, p- uh, people, and, and, I, and I bring this up. Sorry, I didn't mean to shake the camera. I bring this up all the time. Okay, people. When you, the self-checkout line is now more than ever, and I, and I harp on this. I could do a whole show on this, okay? <coughs> Excuse me. I, if you have more than 10 items, don't go in the self-checkout line, okay? You annoy the shit out of me. If I see someone want another time soon go into the self-checkout line with a full cart, I'm just going to go over and go, what the hell are you doing? Why do you feel the need to go in the self-checkout line? If you have more than 10 items, your ass is supposed to be waiting in line to go to the regular checkout line. Don't waste my time. When you waste Rob's time, I get real pissed off. Okay? I don't like it at all. It upsets me. I'm not happy about it. So, people, stop doing it. Okay? You, you people know who you are. You're the same people that can't put your carts back. You know exactly who you people are. You're the same people that can't put your carts back, and it really pisses me off. So we're going to get Josh up here in a second. And, uh, again, thanks to our good friend Hollis Thomas for hooking it up. I really appreciate it. So we're going to get Josh here on the old thinking box. We'll see if I can get him pulled up here. We'll try to call him. As it rings. Hello? Yo, Josh. What's going on? Hey, how are you, man? It's fantastic. So, uh, everyone, everyone just tuned in. Josh Jen is from WIP, hang, formerly from WIP, hanging out with us. I got to thank our good friend Hollis Thomas for hooking this up. So, are you in uh, Houston or are you in uh, Louisiana? Where are you at right now? I, I live in Houston currently. Houston. Okay. Do you remember, and I, I, there's a lot of stuff I, I want to get to, but thanks for taking the time for come on. I really appreciate it. Um, do, you, do you remember us meeting? Do you, do you remember that at all? Or you probably don't even remember that. I, I don't. I, I don't remember a lot of shit from that time at WIP, to tell you the truth. I remember a lot, and then I forget a lot, because everything was so, I don't know, so fast. And, I mean, it was all over the course of, like, two and a half years, and it, it but that flew by, and then you'd meet people, and there were so many people that you'd meet, and then... You know, there was a stretch where they brought in people to do shows with me, and I didn't, and I don't remember a lot of those people. I just, I don't remember a lot of stuff that went on because not only did it happen so fast, but it was also a situation where, you know, that was six years ago. Yeah. I mean, so it's been a long time. Now, I'll just to refresh your, just to refresh your memory, I'll, I'll bring it, up, I'll bring it up to all the listeners. So, um, you guys did something where you were looking for a co-host. Now, I knew at the time that you weren't going to take a caller to be a co-host i knew it was bullshit but farzette is a friend of mine we interned together uh many 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 moons ago so mark's like why don't you just come in with josh at least you'll get on the air anytime i had a chance to get airtime whether it was for a bullshit reason or not i was going to take it so i come in and at the time i was pissed at you because you came off like such a dick but hindsight being 2020 from talking to hollis and from listening to your podcast i don't think you were being a dick 
I think that's just how you were. You weren't you weren't doing it on purpose. If 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 I, if, I, if, I, if I'm getting that right. You mean like on the air? No, no, but on the air. Before that, you kind of weren't really paying. Like I tried to kind of talk to you a little bit, and it was like I just I don't want to talk to him. But I think that's just kind of how you are. I don't think it was you were doing. That. Looking back on it now, I don't think you were doing it on purpose. That's just kind of how you are. No, and I guess if Mark or, or uh, Hollis told you that, I just I'm not I don't do a lot of talking before I do anything. Like I don't know how to explain things to people, so I just go. Basically, it's kind of like, all right, we'll do that. Just, just follow me, and we'll figure it out is kind of how I've always looked at things. And I don't know if that's what they told you or, well, what did they tell you about that? I don't, I don't know if they told you anything. They didn't tell me that till after. Well, Mark didn't tell me that till after the fact. <laughs> but which, which, which I got. But what, 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 what did he say, though? That, uh, what was his um, – what did he tell you exactly? He, he, just, he just said that he, he's not that much of a talker when you're off the air. I guess I, – I, it again, it was a long time ago, so I don't remember verbatim what he said. But he, he pretty much said, "Don't take it personal." He's probably he's probably not doing it on purpose. That's pretty much that's pretty much what Mark told me. No, that's a good way of putting it because I, I just I don't talk all that much, and um, especially before those shows because really it's just I have a hard time expressing what I want to do on a show to people. Mm-hmm. So in my mind, I'm like I find people who I know kind of understand what I do, and then they react to it, and that's yeah. kind of how it goes. Like I don't know, I hate sitting in front of people. And explaining what I'm going to talk about. It's a weird thing to me. Like, hey, we're going to talk about this today. And I'm going to tell you why. Like, I don't feel like I have to tell you my reasoning for my discussion. I'm going to give you my opinion. And I also don't like the possibility of good shit that could be on the air. I don't like the possibility of that uh, being wasted in a in a lobby somewhere or an office somewhere. Because you ultimately can't recreate a spontaneous reaction to these things. That's why... Like when I was on the air in Houston, or actually I can go back to Philly for this one, but like when Mark was doing um, updates when I was at night and Mark was doing updates with me at night, I wanted Mark to be up there uh, doing that because I like to have somebody to react to and play off of. But I like to react to news stories that I don't have time to build an opinion for. I just like to react to them because I think you get a better reaction when you do it that way. And uh, and I think it's more organic and more spontaneous, and that's why I do it that way. That's one of the reasons why I kind of just kind of keep to myself. And this is one of my downfalls, too, because people view it as you did, like, hey, you're kind of an asshole or you're aloof or you're whatever. And it's it's not on purpose. I, I don't treat people poorly, I don't think. I just It's just always been kind of my way of being kind of quiet, and it's something that I've been told to work on by people. But... I don't know. It's just one of those weird things about me where I just I have a hard time conveying what I want to do, um, and then I just do it. You know, if that, if I think about what I'm going to do, then I can convince myself to not do it. If that makes sense. So like, if I've got a wacky idea and I'm like, well, you think of all the reasons it's not going to work, you're not going to do it. So I just don't think about it that much. And then when I get on the air, it's like, just do it, do it because once the net's gone. You do it. So it, I don't know. It's hard to explain, but I'm just a weird person, I guess. No, I get what you're saying because I did hear um, uh, Tom Green used to have Ed McMahon on his show, and Tom Green would start to talk to Ed McMahon. Ed McMahon, Ed McMahon would say, don't talk to me. Leave it. Don't leave it in the green room. Just just save everything for when you go on the air. So I guess I get what you're saying because there's been times we've done shows and we tell these great stories before we go on the air, and then we forget to tell them or we retell them, and they're not as interesting as they were the first time we heard them. So I guess what you're saying then- makes sense. Happens a lot, and that's something that happens a lot for a lot of people. And um, you know, Tank was always good because Tank didn't want to show up and prep for a show. I'm not saying he was lazy or anything like that. Well, you can. He didn't want to show up, (laughs) but he didn't want to. What was that? You can say he's lazy sometimes. He'll admit to it, or he'll just say because he's a man and he wins. Correct. But the thing about Tank is, Tank 
um, his role on the show was never to sit there and we, we, we study and do the show where we prep for two hours. That was never his role on the show. And I wouldn't want anybody's role to be that. Like one thing that's kind of come up over time is I feel that if you over prep, and I know that this is kind of the opposite of the John Wooden pyramid of success, but, uh, you know, when he says that failing to prepare is preparing to fail, you know, I kind of disagree with that. Like, I, like, I know what I want to do in my mind. I don't need to over-prepare for it, and I don't want to get people overly prepared. Now, there are some times when there's elaborate bits that might fail because I, I messed up and I didn't prepare it enough, and that I could do better. But in terms of just talking on the radio and doing a show and having people react to each other, um, you know, I, I don't believe in over-preparing. I believe in having something organic because there are a lot of people in radio that have a hard time with the idea of, um, how do I put this? They have a hard time with just getting on the air and letting the show take them where the show is going to take them. Mm -hmm. What a lot of people do is, that, and I see it with a lot of my friends, they've got like little charts and everything's boxed out. 2 to 2.15, we're doing this. 2.17 to this. Here's the tease. Then at 2.18, we're going to do that segment. I write down a couple of things that I find interesting, and then I go off on them, and I see then something new may happen. A story may break. Uh, when I used to do news segments uh, in Houston, there could be a story I hadn't heard yet. Uh, and I would go off on that, and it would take it in a totally different direction. And I, I do think that's a skill. Um, not everybody's capable of doing it. Some people are kind of just by the numbers, and if that's what works for them, that's fine. But that's not what I'm about. That's not how I like to do it. And I used to be the guy that judged people for that. I'd be like, God, this guy doesn't show up to prep. What a jackass. <laughs> and then I was like, you know, I talked to a lot of people. I've been around for a long time doing this. And, you know, I, 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 a guy I know by the name of Mark Vandermeer, who used to do mornings in Houston, he's the voice of the Texans. And a lot of times, much like you said, don't leave it in the green room, that type of thing. Anytime I'd get going with him in the morning, because I did the morning show with him as like their third wacky guy on mm -hmm. their morning show for about a year. And I'd, I'd get him laughing, and he'd go, save it for the air, yeah. save it for the air. And, like, and I, I'm a big believer in that now, because that first laugh or reaction you get from something cannot be replicated. No, you're 100% right. Now, the first time I heard you is at Nights with Mark. Now mm -hmm. I know I know you did Tony I, I know Tony Bruno I used to be my neighbor when I was a little kid so I did you like I liked you with Tony but you and Mark I thought were great and I thought that show at night was fantastic. Why do you think I, I think I know the answer but I'll ask you anyway. Doing that show at night why why wouldn't they let you do that kind of show in the afternoon or in the morning? Cuz that to me the whole point of doing radio is being entertaining and that was entertaining. If that show could have just been in the afternoon, I think I think it could have, could have been even better. Well, the thing is, I mean, I did the show after Tony left, and we were still number one for yeah. about six months after Tony left. Like, I think people, and I, and I, I honest to God, don't understand it. Um, and I ask people about this all the time when they tell me, like, boy, that night show, what a show. And I, I don't understand it. I didn't think it was all that different uh, than what I did in the afternoon. It was the same kind of acerbic. I, I really, I got to stop using the word acerbic <laughs> because I, honest to God, don't know what it means, but I think it applies to me. Okay. Uh, I've heard it enough where I'm like, yeah, I think I'm acerbic. It's like a clever way of saying you do dumb shit that only a handful of people understand. Yeah. I'm acerbic, you know? Um, but I don't know. I mean, you can tell me. I ask people when they tell me this. I don't know what was so different. It uh, seemed more. Nobody, no ratings at night. We were number one in the afternoon. The ratings weren't great at night. So I don't know what was so special about it. It seemed looser to me. It seemed more. I don't know when to say that you guys weren't prepared, but it seemed like you were guys were having more fun and it was more loose. It was more fluid. At least that's what that's what it came across. I'm not saying the show in the afternoon was bad because it wasn't and it was number one. I'm just saying at night it seemed like you guys were more laid back, if that makes any sense. That's what it sounded like to me at night. 
Well, there was more pressure in the afternoon, exactly. certainly. And um, But, I mean, a lot of that was loose. Like, me and Tony didn't prepare for anything when we were doing the show. And Tony's great because Tony can hop in with anybody and blend in, and it sounds good. You know, Tony's great. So uh, what hurt that show ultimately was, you know, it, it, the, the cast of that show changed multiple times, and that certainly hurt it. Um, it hurt it when, you know, uh, when, when Tony left and there was also a lot of negative publicity about it, which I think wasn't really fair, uh, in some cases with the thing with Tony, but, uh, then we had another show and it was doing well, but then that show had to stop and then we had to build another show. And, it, and, and eventually I got kind of tired of it and, and the failure of the show was ultimately my fault. It wasn't Spike's fault or anybody else's fault. It was my fault because I, I just lost interest in it and I'm embarrassed by that. And I've told people that before, uh, but I just, I kind of lost interest in that. But I guess when I, I – I will tell you this. I'll give you this. Doing nights in Philadelphia was the last time that I, I basically had no real reservations mm -hmm. about anything. I had no reservations when I was in, in Houston the first time. It was just – I didn't think about what people thought about it or if people liked it or whatever. I just kind of did it mm -hmm. because there wasn't all that reaction. There wasn't Twitter as much or Facebook as much in like 2010, 11, 12, 13 when I was in Houston. And really not even so much for me at night in 2014 when I was at WIP, but as things started becoming bigger and the news stories started coming out and there's all this negativity and it's, uh, you know, you can't help but think about it. And it does, it doesn't get, I mean, it gets to you at times, right? Uh, but you become a little bit more defensive and, um, and you start to think too much. And I think I thought too much uh, at times uh, during the afternoons, especially in the last year I was there. Um, so I, I'd like... I still don't know why the night stuff was considered so great. Like, I was talking to a radio guy yesterday, and he's like, if you ever came to work for me, I think you should really try to recreate the vibe of that show you were doing at night. It was just you on a microphone, and it was loose. And I'm like, but, I mean, I do that everywhere, so I don't yeah. really know. I, I feel like that must be the last good thing I've ever done because everybody I talk to, they're like, hey, try to sound like you sounded in 2014. I'm like, I, I can try, but that was maybe that was the point. I didn't try. I, 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 mean, I think I that's what it was. You were, you were more late. You were more laid back. You well, know what I mean? I mean, at night you can make fun of more shit, obviously, mm -hmm. and you can do some dumber stuff. And uh, you know, but I did dumb stuff in the afternoon. I mean, let's not act. I mean, we sent roses to a radio station. I mean, we you know we did a bunch of stuff that was I found to be pretty brilliant. You know, um, but, but I also worked for a guy, and that was kind of the, the the type of act we were going for. He felt that that was the way to go and take them down. We weren't going to do that kind of stuff forever. Uh, the plan was to get out of doing all of the Radio Wars type stuff once, you know, we got to a high point, and we were. Uh, but the problem is then my boss got uh, let go, and then uh, and then I lost interest, and, and the ratings started going down, and it was just a mess after that. But, um, yeah, to your point about the night thing, I don't know how to replicate that. I, I, it was just kind of a – and part of it was because I was new. And it was getting all the reaction from the people. Like, honestly, I'm not a big caller guy, but in those kind of situations, callers matter because they may, especially in Philly, where there's a lot of dipshit callers in Philly. Oh, yes, there is. I mean, there's just like, they, and basically that's who they do shows for. They do shows for these dipshit callers, which I'll never understand. But at least, but at least some of them are so irrational and so angry that you can just screw with them. Mm -hmm. And and the people who are in on it, in a wrestling term, it would be like you know a smart mark. Yep. If you want to use wrestling terminology, the people who are in on the joke are kind of like, God, these people are so stupid. <laughs> and it's brilliant in that way. Uh, and that, and maybe that's partially why that worked too. I mean, that, there, there's a lot of reasons why I guess it worked. But ratings wise, if I recall correctly, it wasn't some gigantic success. I mean, it was. 
fine, but it wasn't like a, a you know changing the world in terms of the ratings at night. Now, why do you – and stop me if I'm wrong, because I've had a lot of radio meetings where I've come close to get on the air, but I keep hearing the same thing. You're not in the top 40 market. Why, why do you think that program directors – and if you want to bring in Spike Askin, you can on this one – it seems to me there's no vision. They're afraid to try new things. And if you turn – and you know this. If you turn on any morning show in the country, nine times out of ten, it's the same shit. Different guy, same shit. How, why do you think no one wants to take any chances anymore and just try different things instead of going – with the same old, same old. I, I guess you go with what works. Uh, to Spike, you know, Spike, and people don't realize this, but Spike was actually one of my top supporters when I got there. He wanted me to move to the afternoons before he got that job. He wanted me to move to the afternoons. So Spike, I, I don't think is stupid. I think some of the stuff they do is not my type of thing, uh, but it works. I mean, if you want to compare Spike has WIP in the six-plus demographic, which not to go too inside baseball, yeah. but that's everybody in a town uh, in a radio market. He's still got them even during the pandemic. They're in the top four or five. Uh, and you might say, well, it's Philly. They love sports. But, I mean, the fanatic is like a one. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously Spike is doing something that's working at WIP. I don't think he's got a lot of talented people there. I think his midday show stinks. I think um, – uh, afternoons, I think John Marks, nice guy. I'd, I've never really listened to the show enough to know. Uh, Angelo obviously sets the table, and he's been great at it for 30 years. Not necessarily my type of show, but I respect the fact that he's done it for 30 years, and he's never been bad to me, so I have no issue there. Uh, but they do try things. I mean, they might be lame, Philly, hokey things that you know appeal to the, the lame, hokey class of certain Philly fans. Uh, but it works. I mean, because 97.5 ain't doing anything. 97.5, I mean, I just looked at the latest 6+, plus and it was for the month of uh, April. Now, granted, I do not have the the in-demo, yeah. which is 25.54 males, which is what everybody gets paid for. But, I mean, 6-plus can give you kind of an idea. I mean, WIP is damn near a 6, and, and, uh, and the Fanatics is at a 1.4. So, you know, Spike, you may not say it's anything innovative, and, and maybe it's not, but... Spike's at least, you know, putting up numbers and continues to put up numbers and give them credit uh, because 97.5 sure as shit ain't doing it. I mean, it's kind of embarrassing where 97.5 is at this point with a 1.4 in a city like Philadelphia. So, I mean, I, I do think 97.5 should try something different. I, I, don't, I don't know that that's necessarily in terms of people on the air. I don't listen to it enough to know. But, I mean, if you're losing by five shares, then maybe it's time to – to, you know, reverse course and see if you can be the one doing it. And it doesn't have to be like the bits they're doing. You can go out there, be more edgy, grab people by the balls, be the young hip radio station that's tearing down WIP because WIP is still sounds like an old people radio station to me. So go out there and, and, and innovate. Do, you know, try some shit. Take a chance on putting edgier people on the air. Appeal to a different audience. I mean, maybe that's the answer. But all they're doing, all these two stations do is recycle the same people. And like, well, he got fired here. Like, let, let a guy like Rob Ellis be an example. Mm -hmm. Dude was doing nights at WIP. He gets promoted to afternoons. That fails. I end up taking over that job. Almost instantly, he gets hired by 97.5 to, uh, to do radio. Then he gets a TV show. And like, I'm like, this guy's wallpaper, bless his heart. And he's, <laughs> they just keep hiring the same eight people. That's Philadelphia for you, though. It's the same eight people being recycled. Now, you're 100% right. And I got a couple notes here. And you did touch on Angelo, and I, and I do want to talk about him. And, again, maybe I'm jaded um, because when me and Mark interned, I interned for Big Daddy Graham. He interned for Angelo. Obviously, Angelo has a lot more status than Big Daddy Graham does. 
he he was such an ass to me. And what I've learned is you learn how people are by how they treat people in power, treat people below them. I think it took him two months for him to say hello to me at the time. And I get it. He's he's I know what he makes. He's got great ratings. I still can't for the life of me know how he gets ratings. And maybe it's what you say because of the callers and the people that listen. Because if you listen to that show and you and you're taking seriously what he's saying, you're an idiot. Like, I, I can't listen to him because it's all shtick. And if you leave and off the air, he's not that person. And you know it's all fake. If he would just come say, hey, listen, I'm a Yankees fan. I'm a Giants fan. Okay, I would appreciate that a little bit more. But it's this fake uh, uh, irateness that I can't un- justify how people keep listening to it all the time. But, I mean, obviously it works, it, You're right. right. Like, you're, uh, yeah, for me, yeah. I mean, Bayless and all these guys, I mean, I don't think that they're as obsessed with the shit they're arguing about as they are. I don't disagree with you, but how much of anything is real? You know, like, uh, and people don't want real, by the way. That's another thing. That, really? That's a myth. You're, you're yelling about how you want real, right? And I'm, and I'm the same way. But I don't think people really do because the second you give them real and real doesn't fall in line with what they believe or what they care about, then they will be like, oh, my God, I hate this guy. I mean, if I were to come to Philadelphia and, like, I'm a Saints fan, right? Like, I don't hate the Eagles. I have nothing Correct. against the Eagles. And I rooted for them when I was there. But I was a Saints fan. I'm a St. Louis Cardinals fan. These are the teams I like. If I got on the air every day and just told you how much I like the Cardinals and the Saints, nobody would listen. Nobody ca- They tell you they want you to give your honest opinion, and then you give your honest opinion, and people accuse you of being a troll, or they accuse you of, of, of trying to just start fights with people, and it's stupid. So, like, Angelo might have the right idea. Why sit there and try to be honest when honesty is just going to get shoved back in your face when you can pander to people? Maybe pandering's the answer. I, I don't know, but he uh, it's done well for him. And, I mean, listen, I like Mark. Mark is a friend. I haven't talked to him in a while, but I like Mark. I mean, as I said, I mean, Angelo is the combination, basically, of Preston and Steve and Angelo dominate there in the mornings, right? And uh, and Mark's trying to carve out a niche there, and, and, and maybe he will, maybe he won't. I don't know. But, I mean, so far, Angelo's gone out and just consistently whipped everyone's ass other than Preston and Steve. So, you know, he's got the right idea. Well, the I one like, I mean, and I want to be clear too. Yeah. I like him as a person, and mm-hmm. I respect the fact he's that. Like, yeah. I like him as a human because he was never bad to me. Yeah. As my grandma would always say, he never did me dirty. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, um, you know, I, I have nothing against him. I've I've had email correspondences with him over time. I think he is a a good. Du- I I don't know if he's I don't know him personally, so I don't know if he's a good human. What he does off the air, who he is. Every time I've spoken with him, it's generally speaking been in a radio station setting. So I don't know. But I never had the experience of, like, being dumped on by Angelo or being, like, kind of treated like a peon by the guy because I very rarely saw him. But I never had anything against him. And even if I were to be in Philadelphia and competing against the guy and I'd want to beat him, um, I still respect – I have a lot more respect for him than I have for a lot of other radio people who found success. And I feel like they are truly uninteresting, lazy people. At least Angelo has created this universe that Angelo is part of that people seem to gravitate towards and he's done it for 30 years and he makes over a million dollars a year. So I can't fault him. I think we'd all like to be at that point. No, I, I hear you on that one. But the only thing with Angelo that kind of rubbed me the wrong way, he was always grooming Mark to take over the morning show. And he kept saying, listen, when I retire and I retire, you can take the way. And I hate to interrupt. Yeah. But like people have this idea that like Angelo was just going to be able to hire the next morning show. And that's fucking stupid. No, like, I, 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 I no, I understand what you're saying. That he, like, I hate yeah. these media people who are like, well, you know, it, it was like he was going to be the guy. Just because Angelo wants some, Angelo could want a fucking donkey to be doing the morning show after him. They're not going to hire the donkey just because Angelo wants it. Like, people have this idea. Like, I don't know what Spike was thinking or if Spike will even be there whenever Angelo leaves in 100 years because he ain't ever going to leave at this point. But, like, the idea that somehow that, like, yep, he was grooming him to be the guy, 
it like and everybody just kind of goes with this like this is reality and listen yeah. i'm not saying he didn't like mark and that mark wasn't going to be the next in his mind the next guy he i'm sure he did he liked mark and i know for a fact that he felt betrayed by that so I, i'm all i get that but like people speak about it like it was just going to be the gospel that mark was going to be doing the morning show after that and nobody has a clue like that i find that funny that that just became some sort of fact along the way that yep the next morning guy at wip was going to be uh, mark because that's what angelo wanted and i'm like so who, honest to God, who gives a shit what Angelo wants and who would want to follow Angelo? Because you want to know the reality? If you follow Angelo, you're going to fail. You want to be the guy that follows the guy that followed Angelo. I didn't mean to interrupt you there, but I just I found that to be kind of, I don't know, I heard that from so many people that this is just reality. I, I don't know that I buy that reality. No, I, well, more or less what I was trying to get at was is that I know for a fact Angelo was pissed that Mark left. But, I don't, but I don't know how he can be pissed that Mark left if, if Mark got offered a morning show. Why wouldn't he leave? That's stupid. If why is Mark going to stay there, especially when Angelo renewed his contract? Isn't it in Mark's best interest to go try to get his own show somewhere? Sure. And and why why was Johnny Carson angry that Joan Rivers got her own show? I mean, like people are like this, and I would agree with you. But it's also because it's someone going to compete against him. Like if Mark were to leave and go do middays at ninety-seven five, it probably wouldn't have been a big of a deal. Maybe he viewed it as a betrayal, and you can argue about whether or not it should have been, in his eyes, considered a betrayal. Uh, but I'm, it's clear that that's how he viewed it, based on the the reaction that he gave. So, uh, so I, I'm with you. I like you don't sit back and just and say, "How dare you go out and make a living," which is probably exponentially more than the money you were making there. So, uh, but I guess it's just kind of a betrayal. Now, maybe Angelo would have retired much sooner. They claim, but Angelo's been saying he's going to retire. Or there's always some big contract negotiation. Yeah. Since I was there, it was six years ago. When I got there seven years ago, no, almost almost six years ago. And uh, when I got there, it was like, yo, Angelo may hang it up. You never know who this contract's going to be his last. He's like fucking stern in that way. It's, oh, he's going he's gonna to hang it up. And then, nope, here's another million-dollar deal. You don't just walk away in radio like this where most people are making under $100,000 uh, and many uh, are even lower. You don't go like, yeah, I'm just going to walk away from being like one of the few local sports radio people making a million-plus base. You don't just walk away from that. So, like, the idea that, like, you know, like, Angelo's going to retire. I never bought that the guy was going to retire because he makes far too much money, and all he's got to do is get up in the morning, talk a little noise on the radio, get the, the McDougal folks all riled up about, you know, some guy who didn't run out a ground ball or some guy who didn't say the right words in a press conference. It'll make... He probably makes damn near $2 million a year, all told. Maybe even more. Who knows? So the idea that he'd ever walk away from that. But to your initial point, which I interrupted you on, and again, I apologize for that, but I'm all worked up on That's that. Fine. Like, like he should not be – like, no one should fault Mark for taking that job, and I don't think anybody does. And he was smart to do it because, in reality, I'm not 100% convinced he would have ever gotten Angelo's job anyway. No, so. I, I hear what you're saying. Now, I, we were talking about 97.5. Let's move on another elephant in the room, Anthony Gargano, who I tell yeah. people, another person I interned for, and again, the, deal, I had, the dealings I had with him, he was a complete ass to me off the air, and the whole shtick he does, that's a whole thing. What, I think I know where you're going with Anthony, but what are your thoughts with him? Because I can't stand his whole cuz act. I, I can't. Like, he does it in public all the time. Like He can never be normal. I don't know. What, you're, what, what are your thoughts on, on Anthony? I think that that act worked a lot better when, like, the, the Phillies were in the World Series and the, you know, the and, uh, like in 09 and the Birds were in the conference championship game and the, the Flyers were in the cup in that same era. When there was real, really no negative in Philadelphia, so you can just kind of be the happy guy. Like, 
everybody's got their own shtick, right? And, and I can sit back and I can dump on the shtick and I can say, if a shtick works, it works, right? And one thing you can say about Anthony is that Anthony's got a shtick that some there's a portion of this audience in Philadelphia that says, okay, I buy this guy's shtick. And that's ultimately all that really matters if you can get enough people to do it. Anthony also, when he's on, he does pop through the radio. There are very few people that, that like, there are people that are fine. Like, I don't believe that Ike's, uh, Ike and John Marks pop on the radio. I don't believe that Joe DeCamera pops on the radio. There are very few people whose voices, when they come out through the radio, you go, well, at least it's got my attention for a second, right? I think Gargano has that kind of quality. And if, and if Anthony would have never been... Um, how do I put this? If Anthony would have never said bad shit about me when I got there to people in the building, I would have, I, I, I can tell you, I never would have attacked the guy. Like, I'm not going to attack people by nature. Yeah. Uh, everybody I've generally speaking attacked on the radio other than Mike. And that was because he was a competitor. Uh, competition's different, but, um, in terms of guys in my own building, people give this, like, you have, oh, you have a reputation of attacking your coworkers, and to a degree I do, but I never attacked Angelo because Angelo never did anything to me. I didn't attack I, Michael Barkan. Michael Barkan never did anything to me. I mean, go down the list of people. I didn't. Like, we bust balls, but there's a big difference between busting balls and saying someone's horrible at their job. The reason I, I went after Anthony when I was there is because I felt that, and I know for a fact that he was saying bad shit about me in the building, and um, I didn't appreciate that. So I just took it to the air. And uh, and I, listen, if I saw the guy again and he wanted to make amends, I'd say, whatever, bygones be bygones, because I can forgive people, too, on a lot of shit. But um, in terms of his act, listen, there were a lot of people that buy the act. And if people buy the act, I mean, listen, I'm an idiot. I bought Howard Stern's act forever. As it turns out, Howard Stern's not the – in my mind, Howard Stern was like this – kind of dude that was all anti-establishment yep. and then he kind of represented he was always rich but he always kind of represented the people that felt like uh they were anti-establishment now the dude's 100 percent establishment so i feel like a moron for that so you know I, I get it people buy things even the smartest people i consider myself relatively smart i buy people like stern and then i realize that ultimately they just think we're all pieces of shit and they're just playing a game so you know it is what it is but anthony my personal dealings with him were not great but um, if, if it ever came to a situation again when they were like, hey, make amends with Anthony Gargano and you can have a job or something, I'd say whatever. If Anthony called me tomorrow and said, listen, dude, uh, whatever, and even if it wasn't for a job and I just randomly got a call, which would be surprising, but if I did I'd, or if I emailed him and said, dude, I'm sorry about that, like I don't mind apologizing for stuff. There's nothing wrong with apologizing for personal issues you've had with people. And moving on from it, you know, and, uh, you know, I mean, I'm sure there were things I did to Mark that Mark didn't like. I mean, I like Mark big time, but it was a weird situation, right? Like, so maybe Mark didn't like some of the shit I did. Spike Eskin, uh, I, I messaged him uh, about a year or two, year and, a half, year and a half ago before I got fired in Houston. And I just said, listen, dude, I mean, I know that you were a supporter initially and things were really bad that last year. But, you know, Congrats on your success. I don't. I don't mind the. I mind saying that I was wrong in some instances, and uh, you know, best wishes. And then he sent me a message when I got fired. Said sorry to hear about the job. So, you know, I mean, I don't. I, I love being competitive, and I love fighting with people, and I love going after the competition for a greater good for my organization to help my organization win. Um, I regret that sometimes I go after guys in the building because I can't help myself if they've done something to me. Um, but I have no problems with saying. Hey, shit happened and it's over. Too many people hold these kind of grudges and it and it just it, it holds everybody back when you hold these kind of grudges. I know again, I took that to a totally different direction. No, that's fine. That's we, fine. 
we start talking about Gargano, that's the first thing that comes to mind is I didn't dislike him when I got there. I had no issue with him when I got there. But then when I heard things were being said, I was like, well, you know what? Let's have I'm going to go after you guys. Right. You know, fuck it. So and I did. And, you know, they, did it help me? No, it was a negative. It was a it was a it was to my detriment. It caused me to have people in the building that chose sides and some of them did not like me for that. And it was a mistake. It was the wrong way to go. It, it was an immature way to go it. Uh, and you know, I fucked that up. It is what it is. The one thing, and, and you said the reason you did it was he was your competitor with, with Mike Missanelli going after him. Again, I mm -hmm. love that. Again, again, because I had a personal relationship with him because I interned for him and I saw what he was really like. Ooh, to me, how Mike, did you not intern for? Holy cow, you've interned for like the Mount Rushmore of radio people. I, there. I well, here, the one thing I learned was is just get, be around as much as humanly possible and do as much as you humanly can to try to get your foot in the door anyway. Because you know how hard in this business is to get any kind of paying radio job. It's not something that's easy to do, especially on sure. a consistent basis. But with Miss Anelli, Mike comes off as the kind of guy that acts like he's even though he's in his fifties, he acts like he's thirty and tries to. Go after 20 year olds that's just how, how he comes off and his show grin i think his show's good i again again i guess i'm slanted because i dealt with him off the air so i know what he's really like but i did appreciate you going after mike but i but i guess now it wasn't a personal thing it was hey he's my competitor let's go after him and let's try to beat him in the ratings i've met the guy one time in my life yeah. and it was on accident yeah. at an eagles practice uh, yeah. so i've never met him i uh i can tell you that uh, it was just competition, you know? I mean, and I, and it's fun. Like, people can talk about, you can say I was classless, you can say I was an asshole, you can say whatever. Somehow I made Mike a sympathetic figure, and trust me, Mike <laughs> is not a sympathetic figure. No, he's not. All of a sudden, people are like, this guy going after Mike went an a-hole. Well, Mike went after Howard Eskin for many years, and Mike punched a producer in the face. So, I mean, like, Mike's not exactly the world's greatest. There were stories when I got there about him in the paper about him sending bad emails to listeners or something. I mean, whatever. But yeah. again, that's the past. I don't know. I've never met the guy. Uh, well, I did once, and, and it was on accident, and it was a weird moment, but I've never met him. Um, and listen, it's radio. It's competition. He has never done anything to me on a personal level. Everything was done through radio. Like, I would I, I would pick up the phone right now. If they came to me, like, at a 97.5, and they said, listen, we want to hire you here, but you got to make amends with Mike Missanelli, the odds of this happening would be, like, slim to none. But if they picked up the phone and they said, Josh, we really like you, and we think you could bring a jolt to our radio station— uh, we think you'd be a great addition, but you've got to make amends with Mike Missanelli. I'd say, fucking A right, I would. Why not? I don't know him personally. He's never done anything to me personally. I've never done anything to him personally. Everything was done uh, through radio. We said some vile shit and exchanged some barbs, but I mean, you know, I'll give you an example. So when I was in Houston the first time, young punk kid, you know, I was doing afternoons, had good ratings, you know. And uh, there was a guy that worked at a radio station, a news talk station. So in my mind, I'm thinking he's a conservative talk show host, probably a bigot, whatever. Like, I'm 25 at the time. I'm yeah. like, conservative talk show host must be some sort of racist a-hole, whatever. So this guy, uh, he's a big-time guy in Houston, and he gets into a hit-and-run. So he leaves the scene of an accident. The accident happened to be at, like, a drag night at a bar or a gay club or something. So in my mind, I'm like, <laughs> we got a conservative talk show host that's at a gay bar? Woo-hoo, this is great. So I did a whole bit about him, and I'm ripping him, and I'm doing parody songs about it. So next day, he gets on his show, and he just starts blasting me, right? And he said he's going to take me down to the point that he called my dad, who worked for his same company. My dad worked in a different city, but they were in the same company. My, he calls my dad, and he says, I'm going to take you and your whole family down or some shit like that. I'm going to take you all down, and I know all you. He's like, you got secrets and blah, blah, blah. And my dad calls me. He's like, Josh, you have got to make this guy happy because he's going to ruin us all. And that was my last time talking with that guy. 
fast forward to when I get fired in Philly in August of 2016. I've been talking to another station in Houston for like over a year leading up to that. Like that's why it was so easy for me to just blow up the WIP thing is because I had a job at, at this station in Houston. But one of the caveats was that for, for me to get that job, I had to make amends with this guy. He had to approve it because he worked in the same building and he makes $10 million a year for him. He's a big money maker. So this guy who I shit on and mocked and, made, and embarrassed him at his lowest moment in his life, this guy says, absolutely, I'll have you on our radio station. And you know why I'll have you on our radio station? I said, I don't know why. Because you're good and you'll make everything better. Just don't, just don't mess with me or don't say anything bad about me. Now me and that guy, that was in 2016. It's now 2020. We are friends. I was going to have my wedding at his bar, uh, but the corona happened and everything else. Uh, you know, we still connect. He says he thinks I'm brilliant. Like, and that's a guy who I destroyed at his lowest moment, which could have ended his career that moment, potentially, who knows, could have ruined his career. And I tell you all that to tell you this. You can make amends with people. Like, if, if, it, if you're truly driven by victory and you are truly driven by victory, whether it's ratings, financially, whatever, you'll make amends with people and make the right decision in something if that is the... Um, you know, if that is what's going to benefit the greater good, if that's what you're about. So to that point, if they called me and said, listen, you know, we're struggling ratings wise at 97.5. And, uh, you know, we think we could team you up with somebody here and you'd be great. Just make amends with Miss Nelly. I would pick up the phone tomorrow. I would pick up the phone right now and I would say, dude, whatever. I mean, and, and now the obvious answer to that is, well, Josh, you, uh, of course you would, because you're the guy that's in the position of the beggar. You're not the chooser. You're right. But I mean, Shit happened three, four, five years ago. You move on from it and you try to win. I'd love nothing more than to beat WIP. Who wouldn't? They're dominating the market right now. It's a hell of a challenge. So I'd uh, be all about that. Two more quick questions I want to get to. And again, I appreciate you taking some time. When you were at WIP, was Natty Lagan off there interning at all? I Yeah. Well, I, I don't know if she was an intern or not. I know that she worked with Angelo. And I think sometimes she'd be at appearances, like we would do Bud Light appearances. Yeah. And she would do, um, and so like on a Friday night, maybe me, her, and Mark, or and then my wife would be out there sometimes, or Mark's wife would be out there, but we would do appearances. She did some of them with us, not all of them, but I think she was at some like Budweiser events with us. So yes, I don't, I honestly, I don't know if she was an intern or not, but she was there when I was there. I tell, I've told Mark this, and I talk about it on my show all the time. I don't know how – maybe you can – I don't know if you can answer this. You can guess. I don't know how she has a job on 97.5 because if you listen to her, I keep a tally. How many times she screws up on the on a daily basis? It's got to be three, four, five times a day. That she. I don't understand how she – I have an idea of why she got the job, but I have no evidence to back that up, so I can't go on the air and say it. But do you think she was just hired because, well, she's a good-looking girl and they want because they were going to be on Comcast and that's why they hired her? Well, I don't think that hurts. I mean, exactly. and, and I don't think it should be a detriment to somebody that you're good looking, especially when you've got unattractive men usually in sports radio. I don't like I don't fault women for being pretty. And then I'm not saying you are, but I like I don't fault women for being pretty like we it, it seems like more often than not, we try to ostracize pretty women and elevate ugly women. Right. We're like, she's just pretty. Well, maybe pretty people can be good at shit, too. No, you you're know? right. So, you're right. I don't I don't know what she said. I haven't heard her. Yeah. In, in a long-form setting. I, I don't recall really ever hearing her on the air at all, to tell you the truth, because I wasn't up to listen to Angelo, and I don't listen to 97.5. So I don't have the answer as to why she got that job. But if they're on TV, right, and I, I can tell you this, if you were to look at her Instagram right now, and I, I'm sure I, I can't. Her. I'm blocked. Okay. Oh, you, you got – well, okay, I'm then. blocked. Well, well, let me see here. Hold on. <laughs> I'm going to go to Natalie's uh, uh, Instagram. 
She's got 29,000 followers on Instagram. Yeah. That's probably more than the rest of the station combined, and she's probably, she's got to be above, I don't know how many Mark has. No offense to Mark, he's not nearly as good-looking as she is. She's a, yeah. I mean, she's clearly a good-looking person. She posts model pictures and bathing suits and shit. Ugly people don't do that. So, yeah. um, so and she was always very nice to me. So I have, like, I didn't hear her. Now, I, I would be honest with you, if I heard her on the air multiple times, I did read a story that she did once that I found so fucking appallingly... I don't want to say like liberal because it makes it sound like I'm some political person, but it was when um, the thing happened with the basketball player in the parking lot of the Eagles game. And it became basically, uh, yeah. he got, there was a fight. He punched the dude and they claimed there was racial Correct. slurs. What's his name from the Sixers? Uh, the hive. Uh, Mike. Um, uh, Mike yeah. Uh, it'll come to me in a second. So, and, and I'm watching this and I'm reading her story about it and I'm just kind of like, uh, like it's it's just one of those like the world needs to be better type of stories and I'm like this is isolated drunk assholes I mean like we sh not everything's the biggest earth shattering ordeal and I did make fun of that story on my podcast because that's the kind of shit I make fun of because I'm not one of these you know over the top political correctness world is ending type of people so I made fun of that but I've not heard her enough on the radio to make fun of her it, your question was does her being pretty help. It, it does, I would imagine, but that's not why she... Like, it, I don't want to make it sound like, hey, Josh Innes is saying Natalie got a job because she's good-looking. Well, she's a... I mean... Well, I'm, I, I'm saying that. I think that's why she got a job. And she very well may have. But, like, I mean, you look at her Instagram, there's, like, countless model-type pictures yeah. on her Instagram that are liked by, you know, horny-ass McDougal people. Like, you've, you're better off having... Like, in, in, just in terms of sports radio in general, which is largely men, it's a largely men audience... That uh, what are men into? Are they into unattractive women? Are they into good-looking women? Right. So if you're gonna have a woman on the show, do you think Colin Cowherd on his TV show, like his two co-hosts, okay, on this show have been Christine Leahy and whatever Joy, whatever her name is, they ain't ugly. I'm sure that there are more qualified people than them to do the job. But like, it's not about who's the most qualified always. Sometimes, and that's not again not the case in Natalie. I want to be very clear because I don't know her situation. But there are people that, like, like you're on TV. Pretty people should be on TV, not ugly people. If you're watching the news, do you want to see ugly people? Or do you want to see, like, Cecily doing the weather? Yeah. Do you want to see, what was it, Sheena doing the Sheena weather? Sheena Parveen, Do you want to yeah. see, see, like, good-looking women doing it? Or just, you know, people wearing burlap sacks? I believe, and it goes for men and women. Good-looking people should be on TV. I shouldn't be on TV. I'm not a good-looking person. Good-looking people should be on TV. So, um... You know, I mean, to her, they, they, listen, she's got the job and she hadn't lost the job. There have been people that have gotten jobs, and I believe at 97.5 that you would go, how the hell did that person get on the air there? And they didn't last very long, if I recall correctly. She's still there, and she's on a show that's pretty successful. I mean, her her, her existence on there hasn't hurt the show ratings-wise, so. No, hey, no. Power to her. Good for her. You're right, and I'm not going to knock beautiful women, because obviously the reason I, I get my advertising is because I have adult film stars post about my show, so I'm not going to I'm not going to knock that. Uh, to wrap, you, I have no problem yeah. with that. You know what? Different strokes for different. Everybody has their own way of getting people to watch and listen, and I don't fault anybody for it. Good for you. Talk to porn stars. Uh, last, they're probably struggling right now. Do you talk to the kind that do like homemade erotica videos, like the people pay for during the quarantine? Like, who are you talking to? Brandy Love, Kendra Lust, uh, oh, Shay Fox. She does a lot of MILF stuff. Right? Yeah, Brandy Love's awesome. We, we we fly a lot of the girls out to come on the show. They've they're actually doing a little bit better because people are home and alone, so they're actually selling more Wait content. I remember you now because you're the guy that was like, "I'll bring porn stars exactly. up to the radio." I remember you now. <laughs> now you do. My 
I'm that guy. Like, I, I just totally forgot because I remember getting messages like, come on, bro, I'll bring all these porn stars up and get them on the air with us and stuff. I remember now. That was just to get me on the air. Any way I can get on the air. I'm, now, don't get me wrong. I've tried to tone it down. I still have the porn stars on. Obviously, you've been on. Big Daddy's been on. Mark Frazetta's on. We have all different kinds of people on. So I have the girls on to just draw people into the show. I don't um, blame you. That's that's what you do. Like yeah. on a billboard, if you got a billboard, are people more likely to listen to WIP if they see Angelo's face or a big set of cans on there, right? <laughs> I mean, I don't blame you. Uh, any funny Hollis Thomas stories? Anything that would be interesting that we want to hear? Because I always like to get dirt on Hollis or a, a funny situation or anything. Every situation that I've ever been in with <laughs> Hollis is funny. That'll involve, I mean, like, that'll involve like, a bottle of Johnny Walker. Uh, then they all do. Yeah. Uh, like we went to the, when the Pope was in town back in 2015, mm. the, uh, the Eagles were playing a game in the Meadowlands that weekend and LSU, uh, was playing against, uh, Syracuse in Syracuse randomly, uh, in football. So me and Jilly, my wife, who's my girlfriend at the time, now she's my wife, uh, we were like, so let's get out of this town for this weekend. Cause it's going to be a nightmare. The Pope's here. So we said, we're going to drive. We're going to pull off this weekend when we drive to Syracuse to see LSU on Saturday morning. And then we're going to go see the Jets and the Birds on Sunday in the Meadowlands. And Tank's like, all right, I'm coming. (laughs) Okay, that's fine. So Tank calls and gets all these connections and gets us hotel rooms in the team hotel. And uh, we leave on Friday. We all get to Syracuse on Friday. We stay the night. And we stay the night. We get up early on on uh, Saturday for the game because it's 11 o'clock at Syracuse or noon technically, I guess, there. But it was 11 o'clock Central. It doesn't really matter. But we go in. We go and we, you know, we eat some hot dogs. There's no tailgating at Syracuse. There's not a soul there. It's like a ghost town at okay. Syracuse. So there's just us and this big, burly black man walking around with Miller lights. And he's just <laughs> making weird mouth noise. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So we go into the game, and I go down to field level to talk with one of the guys I know from the LSU radio network, and the stadium's pretty much empty. It's during warm-ups, and I look up to where our seats are because my guy's like, who are you here with? And I'm like, hey, I'm here with Hollis Thomas. used to play for the Saints and the Eagles. And Hollis is sitting there, and in one hand, he's got a Miller Lite, like a pint of Miller Lite, and in yeah. the other hand, he's got a cotton candy. <laughs> and he's like, big dog. And like, it's just like, like hey, dang. So we watch the game together, whatever. I'm hammered, so I got to go back to my room to try to sleep it off so we can drive to um, to Syracuse, uh, to back to the Meadowlands. Tank is not phased by any drinking. He just, he's fine. He never, I've never seen him drunk. No. He gets in his car and he drives way before us. So I sleep for two, three hours to sober up. I get a voicemail on my phone. I look at it and I'm like, oh shit, I'm hammered. Whatever I look at, it, it's Tank. And the voicemail I get from Tank is Big Dog. Tank to Big Dog. Tank to Big Dog. There is a sign on the highway that says there is a White Castle. Repeat, there is no White Castle. I have confirmed that there is no White Castle. Big dog. Forgot. Then we go to the game. and Well, the next morning, we wake up in the Meadowlands. Tank's got some lady with him. I don't know who the hell she is, if she's a pro. I, honest to God, I have no clue. If she's a pro, I love it. I have no idea who this woman is. So we're having breakfast together. It was me and my wife and then Tank and this woman who I have no clue who she is. And Tank is having this breakfast of, like, everything you can imagine. There's a milkshake. There's, uh, like, stacks of pancakes. And when he eats, he makes just these, oh, God, like, everything's the greatest thing he's ever eaten. Like, oh, yeah. It's like when Harry met Sally. If Sally were having this (laughs) orgasmic delight as, like, a six-foot-two, 400-pound black man, 
with a diamond stud earring under his lip. <laughs> she, he's like, oh, God. And the lady comes and brings him the milkshake, and he looks at her and goes, take the cherry off my milkshake. I do not eat fruit. So he made the lady take the fucking thing off, the cherry off. We go to the game, and we're sitting in, like, the upper deck in the Meadowlands, which is just a shitty stadium, the new Meadowlands. It was just so bad. Yeah. And we're sitting next to this dude, or the, this kind of the kind of guy Tank would make fun of, like skinny jeans, a black dude in like really skinny jeans, kind of whatever you want to call him, right? Like kind of metrosexual. So the guy's trying to cross over Tank, who's on the aisle, to get to his seat, and Tank refuses to stand up. He's like, "I'm a man. I do not have to stand up." And like the guy's trying to crawl over him, and while he's trying to crawl over, Tank is literally just making fun of this guy's pants. And this guy looks like he wants to fight Tank, but the dude's like four foot eight, wearing skinny <laughs> jeans, and like, like that's the kind of shit you get into with Tank. Like he has no filter. He took me to go. Well, I used to go work out with him at a place called Jolton Jabs. Uh, there's one in Maniunk, and there's there used to be one in in Center City, and it's uh, Joey. Uh, who used to be a boxer, and yeah. he trains like Charles Barkley and stuff. And Tank's like, big dog, you need to take out some aggression, so let's go boxing. And I said, all right, sounds good to me. So we would go, and we'd go through the initial warm-up, and then almost instantly Tank would drop out. He'd say, Tank, I got to go get my puffer, big dog. So then he'd go sit in this little area where you can watch the people working out, men, women, whatever, with his yeah. puffer. And all he would do is he would start to puff, and then he would just start commenting on all the women that would walk by. He's like, oh, yeah, girl. Get that girl. Oh, yeah, girl. And then he would never come back to work out. He would just sit there while I'm punching this bag, and he would just sit there and watch these women work out and then make noises and make weird sounds about them. Like, he's the, the greatest. I got he, Like, he is the nicest, most genuine person ever, and I love him dearly. He's one of my favorite people. He is so much fun to go just hang out with. Or, you know, we do radio shows together. We become friends. He's, he's a blast. Quick uh, tank story with me. So my buddy Quimby, who runs the Green Legion, who, who uh, Hollis was working with, they're out in Costa Rica. So it's Quimby, it's Hollis, and it's, my, and it's our buddy Tony Palmer. And it's probably, I don't know, 3.30 in the morning here. And I always have my phone on. I'm single. I live by myself. My phone starts ringing at 3 o'clock in the morning. It's Hollis. I answer the phone. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I didn't think you'd answer. I, I, I was going to I was gonna leave a voicemail. I hear bottles crashing in the background. I'm like, why are you calling me? He's like, I just wanted to say hello. Just wanted to know I, I missed you. And they wanted to fly me out from, to surprise my buddy the next morning to Costa Rica. They were going to literally book me a flight. To I didn't go, but they wanted to fly me out to Costa Rica at 3.30 in the morning. So that's, that's the life with Hollis Thomas. It's always an interesting story. You never know what's going to happen. The thing with Hollis, though, too, is there's no such thing as just texting with Hollis. That's nope. why I don't text him, because if I text him any just one question, I'll be like, hey, Tank, can you come on today at 2? He'll call, and then he'll talk with you for an hour and a half. And I'm like, what are we – and then you can't help it because he's the most jolly, happy person, so you're not going to say, Tank, listen, I got to go. So you just talk with him for an hour and a half. That's why I never text, because if I do, it's going to lead to a call. And it's not that I don't want to ever talk with him, but there's never been a phone conversation I've had with Tank that didn't last at least an hour. Oh no, same thing. He I, he called me last week. It was an hour conversation. It was supposed to be. It was about you. He called me about <laughs> about. He talked to you, and he told me that, yeah. and then we talked for an hour. <laughs> that's just how that's it is. How it is. Uh, yep. So well, that was a nice conversation. I'm glad we had this conversation. That was very nice. No, I'm I'm glad you took the time. Uh, well, last quick question. What, I, I'm a geek. What kind of gear do you have there? What what kind of board you got? What are, what are you using? Let's see. Uh, I have got an Arrakis. Arc 8 mixer, uh, which is like 900 bucks. I spent way too much money on it. I didn't need to. Yeah. Uh, let's see. This is a this is an Electro Voice RE20 microphone. My other microphone is a Shure SM7B. Okay. I've got a couple of these Logitech webcams. Yeah, that's I've what got I got. Two, 
PBX uh, 286Ss for the compression and, and everything on the microphones. I've got two MacBooks. I've got, uh, yeah, I mean, I spent a shitload of money on all this stuff back when I used to have money. Uh, <laughs> I spent a lot of this and forever just sat up here because I would never do a podcast. So I bought this board and these mics and everything and then never used them. And then I got fired and then I started doing a podcast. So now it's, you know, beneficial. I just like learning. Hear- yeah, I just this. like hearing about, you know, all that stuff. I stopped. I used to drink during my shows. I stopped doing it because I got to run my software. I got to run my board. I got to run the video feed. You know, if I drink, I usually forget one thing and I screw it up. So I try not to drink during the show because I got to run That's 17 different drink. things. I drink because I have to do all of this stuff, too. <laughs> so it just becomes easier. So I need to find an actual job. It's although this is the podcast as well. Obviously, yours is doing well. Uh, podcasts obviously can do very well. Uh, when can people listen to Josh Ennis's show? When when can they catch you? When are you live? Well, I'm live usually at night around eight o'clock central, and uh, let's see, eight o'clock central on the weekends we do these epic four, five, six hour drinking shows on Twitch. That's Twitch.tv/slash The Josh Ennis Show. If you want to follow for free, like last Saturday, I ended up being on for nine and a half hours. I saw that. That's just insane. Free- yeah, it is, and I didn't mean for it to happen, but it just did. And uh, because that's, people throw money at me on Twitch, they're like, "Hey, here's twenty dollars, keep going." And before you know it, people, I mean, here's a hundred bucks, here's this. And I'm like, "Well, I'm not going to stop if, if I'm going to keep making money doing this." Uh, and you can find my podcast though on all the places you find podcasts: uh, iTunes, Google Play Music, Spreaker, Stitcher, St- uh, Spotify, uh, iHeartRadio app. Oddly enough, Radio.com app. Uh, so it's everywhere. Like tonight, I'll be on it in an hour and, a, and yeah, about an hour and a half. I'll be on and. Uh, and that's how it'll go. I've been, I've been debating to switch to Twitch or not. Because do you use Twitch? Do you use YouTube? Do you use Facebook Live? It seems like you and some other people are having a really good success using Twitch. So I like I, it. It's a good group of people. And, you know, if you find loyal people, they'll throw some money at you. I'm sure YouTube's the same way. Uh, but I teamed up with the, the guys there. Tony was there, obviously, and some other people. And they reached out to me. Not Tony, but a guy by the name of Don Collins reached out to me there. And uh, said, join Twitch, and I had nothing else going on, and now we've got, you know, a 1,000 followers on there trying to grow it, and, uh, you know, it's cool, you know? I mean, it's a cool thing to do. Even if I get a job, which I intend on doing, uh, I'll continue to do it because if people are going to – basically, I got drunk on Saturday night. It was Saturday night. I got hammered on cranberry vodkas, and I just (laughs) – I got hammered for nine and a half hours, and uh, I made a nice chunk of change doing it because people just – it's weird. If you find a core group of loyal people, they love what you do, and they just want to shoot the shit with you. That's basically all it is. Like, I can never really treat a podcast like a real radio show because there's a different mindset when you're on the radio. On a podcast, dude, it's just like you're shooting the shit with people that that are all, like, P1 diehard fans of yours. So it's really cool. I enjoy it. Listen, I uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to come on. Hopefully, uh, when this whole thing's over, we can get you out to Philly. Me and you and Hollis can go out and have a couple adult beverages. Uh, when, when, all, when all this quarantine's done. Tell Marzetta if he needs a co-host, I can come into town and we can go compete with Angelo. Let I know you talk with Mark. Let him know. No, screw that. If I'm going to do that, we're going to do a trio, me, you, and Mark. I'll, I'll be the third bitch. I don't care. Hey, go for it, but just uh, tell Mark that that's the – so we found the solution. Not that Mark needs any of us, but let him know. I'm going to call him right now. I'm like, Mark, I got it. I got ratings. Mark Mark Farzetta, Josh Ennis, Rob Valivas, that'll go number one in Philadelphia. You know what? You tell Mark. You say, uh, it, Mark, because I'm sure Mark looks at all these things and looks at Dad, and he's good at what he does. You tell Mark. You say, Hey, Mark. Josh said to send him a text, and if you're if you want to if you want to play ball with Josh again, you want to put uh, Farsi and the Bear back together. 
You just send Josh a text and say, what do we have to do to make this happen? Let's go beat Angelo. And you know what? I'll be on a plane tomorrow. All right. And then I'm... we'll go have our adult beverages and hang out with your porn stars. And <laughs> I will bug him about that. Everyone check out Josh's show. I, I'm, I'm listening to it. I enjoy it. Thanks for taking the time. And hopefully uh, we, we can have you on again soon. I really appreciate you taking the time to call in, Josh. Appreciate it, Rob. Be good, man. All right, there you go. Thanks, Josh. There you go. Josh Ennis checking in. It was good to catch up with him, talk to him. There we go. We got we got the uh, we got the formula to go number one in Philadelphia. Josh Ennis, Rob Valivas, Mark Farzetta. That is the formula for going number one in Philadelphia. So when this is done, Farzetta will get a text, and it will be let's go number one in Philadelphia. It flew by again the, the past the seven thirty hour. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I want to bring up. We well, I, I oh wrestling. So WW or NXT is on the night. AEW is on the night. Um, Becky Lynch is pregnant, so she vacated the title. I'm sure that that Vince is pissed that this happened. Um, I'm sure he's not pissed that you know she's having she's having a baby, but I'm sure he's pissed that his best uh, female wrestler is not going to be there for 18 months. Especially I'm hearing she might go do Marvel movies, but who knows about that? I just found that interesting. Um, by the way, I told you PGA Tour is coming out 2K21. Uh, hopefully there's info coming out tonight and we can get on and play that. You know, you can follow me on a uh, PlayStation Valivas 82. You can play me, play with me and Bill Valivas, which is always a fun time. Um, don't know who we're going to have on next week. Got some feelers out. We'll see who our guest will be. But again, I got to thank Josh for taking the time to call in. It was fun uh, catching up with him, talking about Philadelphia radio, talking about the state of radio, check his podcast. I hope you're on an hour from Houston. So check him out. Big shout out to my, the big dog, the man, Hollis Thomas, for making it happen. I really appreciate it. What have I learned? I've learned that uh, Josh is more mellow than I thought he was. Um, I've learned that it doesn't matter who Hollis is with. Everyone has a Hollis Thomas story. The White Castle story was hilarious. So it doesn't matter who you are. You're gonna If you hang out with Hollis Thomas, you're going to have a story because he's a man and because he wins. Uh, have I learned anything else? Um, I've learned that sometimes don't be real, be fake. Like Angelo, he has a shtick, it's working, he's making over a million dollars. So if you're fake, you'll probably get ratings. So that's probably, we don't get the ratings we want because I'm too honest and I'm too real. So that, 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 we've learned that, we've established that, we've, we have established that. Um, so for the 380th time of the Rob V Show, in the words of my brother, Assistant Chief Zach Valivas of the World Famous Fort Washington Fire Company, Two wrongs don't make it right. They make it even. Good night, everybody. Here it comes. Watch out. I'm coming to get you.
God, they hope so weather sells. Even if it's just a quarter in, they'll make it sound like blizzard hell. We cover all the breaking news with morons waving in the back. Even if you're on your honeymoon, they're gonna send the action Oh, my God! It's Don Howling! That's not the big story. That's the big story. That's the big story. I want a monocle that I'll pass. Swimsuit calendar. Ow!